Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is A Mets here with B Pimp, episode 151, first episode of the year. B Pimp, how's it going with you? Going great. I got uh, 51 is Boban Marjanovic, one of my favorite big men. Ooh, I that is a great one. Why does he even have coasters if no one is going to use the coasters? <laughs> exactly. I think he's old Bobans. He's got like a goldfish ad with Tobias Harris, which I think is just so funny. Who are like the ad executives that work for Pepperidge Farms? They're like, all right, we want two NBA players in our ad. They're going to be Boban Marjanovic and Tobias Harris. Yep. Nailed it. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done. Uh, kudos to them. I mean, I can understand actually Boban getting an ads, but Tobias Harris, credit to him for getting on a national ad. Not like he's not good. I think Tobias Harris is great, but you know, he's just not like one of those people you'd expect to land something like that. Tobias Harris is a fantastic basketball player. I've admired him for many years. He has no personality. So I don't understand why he's, <laughs> he's on a commercial. That's all we're saying. <laughs> That's all we're saying. Um, all right. It is the first episode of the year. First episode of 2023. So this is that first chance to see if our predictions from the last episode are going to be correct or not. We don't know. Uh, I'm excited to find out. But we're in a new year. What are you looking forward to the most for 2023? I'm looking forward to getting back out to see you guys in the Bay Area within the year. I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to more golf. I shot a 78 last year. Whoa. Which is by far my best score. So I want to improve on that. I'm, my goal this coming year is to shoot even par for a round of 18 holes. So 78, that was not like par three nine holes that's that's no. what i would do <laughs> no it was a 70 par 72 course so i was six over for 18 and it was that is awesome i will play with you i just want you to know i think my record for 18 holes is 114. that's pretty good it's not but it I is saying that no it is honestly i shot i i shot a 78 last year my last round of the year was a 102 golf is not a game that you get to a level and you just stay there like it's very very difficult so it's uh it's i'm i have fun playing golf no matter what the circumstances are but it's just it would be fun game. to play here too i mean i've played a couple of courses here like nine hole courses but yeah we should get some time in yeah, it's great. It's, I love it. It's so much fun. But yeah, that's. I think that'll be another theme of the year. Just trying to get better, refine that, but looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, folks at home, for this episode, our top five list is a near impossible ask, but we, we undertook it and we're going to deliver. But this is the top five television episodes of all time. So as you, we're not talking about best shows, we're not talking about the best episodes from one show. We are talking about the best episodes of every show that's ever existed. Yep, that's right. I, I when I look at my list, there's a lot of recency bias, mostly because my memory has recency bias. Yeah, and this is my like these are and they're always like our favorites too, you know, like so that's the big thing is it's. Cause we know like everybody has a different opinion of all pop culture, but yeah, it's tough though. I, I try to stay true to it because like, for example, I think the wire might be my favorite show of all time. 
but I don't have a wire episode on my list. Cause there wasn't one episode of the wire where I'm like, yes, that's the one. Right. Yeah. I think there's shows that I probably, I think the ones I ended up keeping in my honorable mentions were more of that for me. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few in my honorable mentions, not too many, but um, yeah. So we'll get to that when we get to that, but be pound since this is the whiskey session podcast, what whiskey do you have for our listeners? I've got uh, kind of one that I'm a little nervous about, but I picked up this bottle of maker's mark, which is mm-hmm. a, not a usual one. It's cask strength. So it's 109.7 proof. Hello. 54.85% alcohol. So that is going to set your throat on fire. I like <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, it's a, that's a little intense. I mean, we normally are probably living in between 80 and 90 and then yeah. you get it's some like, like 95 or a hundred, but not that. Yeah. So this is like one ten basically. But I don't know. A bottle of Everclear. <laughs> the thing that makes me nervous about it, yeah, is it's like I I don't know I don't know if I appreciate this style, but I was like, eh, I'm, I haven't I didn't even know they made it. So I was curious. Mm-hmm. But I went to open it beforehand because we, we talked about that and Maker's Mark can tend to be really hard to get with that wax, that red yeah. wax. And it's a screw off. Whoa. Which I don't like. No. I feel like that's a bad start. Yeah, we'll see. But you, ha- you still had to break the wax, right? Or no? Yeah, I did. I had to take the wax off the same way, but it just it's not a cork. It's a screw-off. Interesting. So that's... what was the price point compared to like a normal bottle of Maker's Mark? It was actually very similar. It was like, I think it was on sale, but it was like 37 bucks. Okay. I am genuinely quite curious because I would not expect something that that alcoholic to literally be that smooth. Right. But that doesn't mean it will be bad. No. And I agree. And this is why I, when I looked at the back, I think this is probably what made me actually buy it. It said it's maker's mark, but a little over the top. That first taste says it all. Our cask strength bourbon is the boldest expression of maker's mark to date. Bottled at barrel proof, it's remarkably full flavored, yet still smooth and refined thanks to the soft red winter wheat we have used since the beginning. So I'm like, they're trying to sell this as like just a pumped up version of what they normally make. But I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. Hmm. So we got to see. I'm going to smell. I'm going to I'm going to actually smell the bottle first because I have ice with my Pollyanna whiskey glass. Very nice. Oh, boy. Pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Don't let it mass around that. No. The room will explode. <laughs> yeah, I think if I... I'm going to pour a very small amount. Because it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not trying to call off sick. I mean, I don't know. I've had... I've had... Um, what's that? There's another type of whiskey that makes a very famous, like, super strong version of it. I'm blanking. Is it Bushmills? Or... Do you know what I'm talking about? Or maybe it's rum. Bacardi makes like a really strong version of Bacardi. Oh, like do they? 151 or something. I feel like I've had drinks with oh. that in it. Okay. So that's like a similar, but I, I mean, that's usually a cocktail. And this is like literally just sipping it on the rocks. So you didn't want to do it straight? No. Yeah. 
I am curious. Okay, so now I'm smelling it in the glass, and it's it's so strong that it's almost like I feel like it's you know when you smell coffee mm-hmm. and it like resets your. Is it like smell. burning your nose hairs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's real strong. Um, all right. I'm Here we go. It. See what we think. First sip. Letting it mm-hmm. sit. You know, I don't know about this. Um, I, I After that buildup, I mean, it's not, I'm not immediately like, disgusted as I thought I might be. Yeah. I don't know if it's a pleasing, it does, it does taste very similar to like, I guess what, what you would have to expect, which is like the base maker's mark taste, which is good, but then just like ratcheted up a lot. And I don't know if I want it ratcheted up that much because it's whiskey. When you just make it super strong, it just kind of takes all the mellowness and smoothness out. and just makes it like that. Like why, why would you do that? Cause it's more alcoholic, but it's not like so much more alcoholic. Right. But I don't know. As you increase the alcoholism, the, the smoothness profile like goes so far down. I, I, I don't understand how that'd be worth it. Yeah. That's what I, I maybe after this I'll research cause I like to go in a little blind, but and see if there's like a certain market segment that they go for with these for cocktails. Like maybe people make cocktails with this. I don't know. I, I honestly don't. Um, yeah. I feel like I already know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to give it its due diligence. Mm-hmm. So I just took a second sip after another minute or so to give it a little bit more time to like melt with water. It's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever had, but I'm giving it the boot. I, I don't know the point of it. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want, I'd much rather drink like the low end of the scale whiskeys that are like 80 proof where it's like almost so smooth that it's like, you know, it's like a wheat taste rather than this, because I don't get the point of this. Like, yeah, that was a little bit like the wheat taste was a little bit like the whiskey I had for last episode, but I gave that the boot too. So we're, and we ended 2022 with a boot and we started 2023 with a boot and a boot for me nonetheless, which is a rare occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want something that I guess I don't want something that's trying to rest on the laurels of how strong it is. Cause that to me is not something to, you know, strive to, I want flavor. Like I don't care how much alcohol is in it. Yeah. I guess. Well, don't get that maker's mark. No. Uh, but yeah, glad you got it, gave it an honest try for the rest of the bottle. Are you thinking about like mixing it with something or how would you make it more palatable? I might try that. I might actually, you know what? Now that I, we just talked about Dr. Pepper in our last episode, that might be that might work flaming but. doctor. But, but then if I let it match here, then I'm going to probably burn my whole house down. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think like Dr. Pepper does mask a lot of taste. Yeah. Uh, that'd probably be one of the best. Let me try that out over the holidays and let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> It'll be fun holidays. Yeah. Um, all right. We have got to go over our best episodes of television of all time 
BPM, you were the one who brought up this idea. Was there a particular episode for you? And I don't want to spoil your list, but like that made you think of this? Um, no, it was, it's more of one of the things I thought about in the past that we might like to do. Um, but really it is, I mean, I was thinking about certain shows that I like and is there, there some of the shows I like, I can think of an episode right away that I just pinpoint, but then sometimes it's more of, I just enjoy like the style of the show. So it's yeah. kind of just thinking of it that way. Cause I know we've done like movies, TV shows, things like that in the past. So it's kind of a variation on that a little bit. I found that between my top five list and I don't have a lot of honorable mentions. I think I just have like two or three. Actually, I just have two. No. Yeah. I just have two. Uh, a lot of them are in season threes of shows. Mm. Maybe that's where I think a lot of shows hit their mark. Yeah. Then also a lot of them are pretty different from how the show normally is. Like it's a departure and it's themed and I just enjoy it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm curious to see your list, but let's get into it. These are our top five television episodes of all time. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. My number five is from a show I didn't start watching till after it was over. Uh, and Maggie and I went through it on Netflix or Hulu. I forget what it was on. But it's season one, episode 13, which is the last episode of the season, of The Good Place. Aha! Michael's Gambit. Now, I don't want to do a spoiler, but I'm going to. So people plug your ears if you want to. What's great about this episode is it turns the whole show on its head. It is the episode at the end of season one. Actually, do you even want me to spoil it for you? No, it's care? okay. No, it's fine. But if folks have seen the show, it's the episode at the end of season one when everybody realizes that they're actually in the bad place. <laughs> and it is, it's great because the whole season leads up to that and it changes the trajectory of the show and you just don't see television shows really do that or attempt that at the end of season one. And it works so well, and it's great. That's, I like that. I, I that to be honest, it's a show that I have never watched, and I still probably will at some point. But it's um, good. It won't even. I think it was only three or four seasons. It won't even take that long. But, oh, okay. But it is a good show. I've enjoyed watching it. Nice. All right. What's your number five? My number five is a show I know you love. Um, home movies. Time to pay the price. Oh man. This was an honorable mention for me, that episode. Is it that episode? Yeah, although I have a, a different episode on my list. Oh, okay. I love that episode. I just love the 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 literal, how his mom noticed that he always has time to pay the price at the end. It's great. And then she, like, tells Brendan. He's like, what? Yeah, he's like, I don't see it. It's like, what? I thought it was. I think I picked that one because I that one sticks out to me. Although I also like the one where they go to the run fair, but um, oh. but they, but, I'm sorry, but they that episode has a lot of the dynamics I like about yeah. that show the most. So it does. That's a great episode. Good pick. Uh, all right, my number four is this is recent and maybe like this won't be popular with SNL heads, but I'm putting it on here anyway. It's the 2019, actually December 21st, 2019 SNL episode hosted by Eddie Murphy. 
Mm. is so good. And I think like Eddie Murphy hadn't been on the show or hosted the show since I think about the time he did the show. So he like hadn't been involved in like 25, 30 years. Um, and so there's a lot of anticipation for this and he just knocks it out of the park. He's funny as hell. The opening is great. Uh, it was good to have, uh, Chris rock up there, Dave Chappelle, Tracy Morgan, and all of the sketches are hilarious as well. There's like a North pole news sketch where elves are being eaten up by uh, a polar bear. That is hilarious. <laughs> that Eddie Murphy is totally unhinged in and is great. It was, an excellent episode and paired with what I thought was a really good Eddie Murphy movie. And my name is dynamite or dynamite. My name is Dolomite. Oh yeah. Um, so but it was one of my favorite episodes and it made me think that actually the Christmas time episodes of SNL tend to be my favorites. Cause I have another one that was right around the same time of year that made my honorable mentions. Uh, but yeah, the Eddie Murphy episode is great. If folks haven't seen it, go watch that episode. I think it's the best episode of SNL in years and enough to the point where I put it on my list. I'll be in my, I'll be in that group cause I haven't seen it. So I'll check it out. All right. What's your number four? My number four is an episode of faulty towers called the Germans. Ooh, I haven't seen this and I've never seen the show, but I know I need to. Faulty Towers is great. I recently watched it. It was one of those ones where I knew the shick from having seen clips like of John Cleese, but never like actually watched it. It's just great. And that episode is, it's just the best like farce, like the best type of farce television. It's great. Yeah. I, I gotta watch it. Yeah. What makes that episode like stand out upon uh, from other episodes? It's the the level to which it's like one of the I don't want to spoil kind of the actual thing that gets repeated a lot, but it's really just the level to which you as the audience know what's going on, but John Cleese doesn't. <laughs> and just the disconnect is they do it to such a perfect degree that it just makes it hilarious to watch. Nice. Uh, all right. That is a great pick and is another reminder yet again that I've got to watch that show. All right. My number three is from the Sopranos. And I took a lot of time to think about this because Sopranos is not my favorite show of all time, but probably top three or five. And I thought about like what episodes I remembered the most. And it's actually this one that is very different for a Sopranos episode it's not even focused on the literal Sopranos family hardly at all, or if at all that I recall. Um, and again, this is based on my memory of this episode from like 15 years ago, but it's season three, episode 10 pine barrens. It's directed by Steve Buscemi, uh, which I didn't realize until the end of the episode. And it follows basically Tony's henchmen or whatever you would call them in the mafia, Chris and Polly who have a, someone in the trunk of their car who I think they're going out to the woods to shoot and it's winter and it's snowy. And this, the, the person it's like, I think some Russian guy escapes and the, the episode is a bit of a comedy of errors, but it's just so also like intimate and interesting and felt very real for that show too. And it's just great. I think it's the best episode of that show. I shared my screen with you because I didn't think you'd believe me, but double dip. No. Yep. 
Wow. Can you believe that? What I recall is I didn't think you would have a Sopranos episode on our list because I know for the longest time you didn't watch that show. We just watched it within the last year. Unbelievable. Can you believe it's the same episode? I can't believe it's the same episode. I barely believe it's the same show. That we have a double dip is incredible. Yeah, I should have sensed it though, because you made no facial expression. I know I couldn't believe. I was waiting when you said Sopranos. I was like, if he says Pine Barrens, I'm going to flip out, and then I was trying to keep a poker face. Unbelievable! <laughs> yeah, it's great. And that episode is un- that that is the the episode of the show where it was like I had I think I had I liked the show, but I think I had gotten into like you know when you watch any show and you get into that like cruise control of like okay I'm watching the Sopranos or whatever, and then that episode I was like holy shit. Like this is a, this is a legitimate great show of yeah. all time, just because of how like you exactly what you were saying, but it's just like they clearly took a step out and like focused on something, and we're just like we're gonna show off basically how good at making a show we are. Here you go, like that's how that episode felt. That's amazing that we have a double dip there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Of all the, I mean, I don't know how many television shows there have ever been, and I don't know how many episodes of television shows there have ever been. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What an auspicious, inauspicious? I don't know. Some kind of auspicious start. <laughs> yeah, for the year. I'm going to go ahead and look up what auspicious means. Um, all right, my number <laughs> two, you already alluded to it. Home Movies, Season 3, Episode 6, Renaissance. Yeah! I love this episode. It's it just the rivalry between the Renaissance Fair and the Sci-Fi Fair. There are mm-hmm. so many funny, funny one-liners in it. There's great musical elements, which are have always been a highlight of home movies. Yep. Um, but I always, I, yeah, <laughs> I always think, like, super hungover. I always think <laughs> of just like cast off lines of that show i think are so funny when uh i think it's fenton asks jason like uh does your mother know you steal her clothes and he says no <laughs> yeah it's like so yeah. oh that's great that's, that episode's great too because Patton oswald plays the uh um voices the like infiltrator oh, yeah. guy or no, is it the guy that is defending the Ren Fair from the sci-fi? I don't remember. One of the characters, and it's really funny. Who, yeah, it, it is such a good episode. Yeah. It comes together. Yeah, it's, I think that's, it's definitely my favorite episode of Home Movies, and, which is a show I obviously really like a lot, um, and it's great. Yeah. All right. What is your number two? My number two is an episode of I'm Alan Partridge, and it's Watership Allen. Ooh, I, could, I couldn't fi- figure out an episode. Maybe if I had more time of Alan Partridge, where I'm like, yes, that's the one. Why Watership? I rewatched it today because I wanted the one where he pisses off the farmers, and then I figured out it was this one, because I love how long and hard he goes in on farming, and then making fun of all the people that farm, and then just never apologizes, and he has somebody on, because they're so mad about how, how much he shit talks them, and he insults them further. It's just great. And it's the one where they, like, he, he gets the cow thrown on him, and yeah. can't finish the commercial. It's just a, it's a fantastic episode. He also, that's also the same episode where he's trying to get Michael to explain to him about Lady Boys, and then like rents the movie, and 
Bangkok Chick Boys <laughs> has to explain that <laughs> at the front desk they're like, oh, is that why you only watched it for 15 minutes? Because you didn't want to order it. It's just a great. <laughs> Everything is great about that episode. Yeah, that's uh, there were so many shows like I'm Alan Partridge. I, I was thinking of, uh, so many shows that I feel like should have had an episode on this list that I just couldn't think of in time. But that is a great episode of a great show. I, w- I watched it today to to um, refresh myself and make sure that was the right choice. And I just laughed for 30 minutes straight. Nice. All right. My uh, my number one. I don't want to say it had to be this one, but once I remember this episode, I was like, yeah, I think it's this because it combines so many things. Like, first of all, the Simpsons was one of the first shows It came out probably when I was about four or five years old, like 1989, something like that. And, uh, I remember watching it and like my parents probably shouldn't have let me watch that. I don't know, but we did. And this is a relatively early episode. It's season four. So it probably would have been like 1993 or something along those lines. Uh, episode 12. And then it combines my other love, Transit. And it's Marge versus the Monorail. Which oh, yeah. It's got all the Simpsons things you would want. Uh, like Marge being like a little bit of a nag. It's got songs. It's got good Phil Hartman. Um, monorails, of course. It's just, I think the if you're going to start with an episode of The Simpsons, I think that's the one. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. And of course, monorails for me were especially, I actually don't think monorails are a very good form of transit, but Seattle had a monorail for the longest time. Mm. I mean, for the longest time, they still have that monorail. But uh, I would always take it to go from downtown Seattle to the Seattle Center where the Coliseum slash Key Arena was. So I would like, go downtown and then take that to go to Sonics games. And uh, yeah, so it has an extra special place in my heart for that. Even though the ultimate message is that monorails are bad. I mean, actually that's not <laughs> ultimate message. that just happens to be the case. Yeah. But, it's like that specific guy selling them is bad. <laughs> I, and I love the, like, as part of the pitch. It's like, they have them in made up town and, town. and I wish I could remember what the names of the specific town are, but it's like, it's yeah. perfect sales pitch. And I think about it too, because I've like, I've done sales in transit and like is that it, part of it is funny. Isn't one like North Haverbrook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's put them on the map and they've yeah. got a map of just the three towns that he's mentioned. Yeah. That's pretty great. Right. Um, all right. I'm curious. What's your number one? My number one is probably not too surprising. Cause I think I've put this show really high on our TV shows list and stuff, but the, um, series finale of the UK, the original, the office. Ooh. So series finale being like the Christmas special or the end of season two? No, the Christmas, but spe- yeah, like the final episodes, the Christmas it's, special where it wraps really everything up. up. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I just think it's a, I, I, it's a, it's something that it really, which I know now, like, I don't like Ricky Gervais's work as much anymore as I used to. And I think it's because sometimes he just too transparently leans into like manipulating your emotions. But I feel like in this incarnation with maybe more partnership with him and Stephen Merchant and the other people that created it, it I feel like it's a perfect ending where it like wraps up a lot of stuff in a satisfying way. And it's like, just, I don't know if I've ever seen another show kind of 
walk that line of like leaving something still up for interpretation, but then like giving you a satisfying ending at the same time. It's just yeah. like a really good version of that. No, they did a really good job of that in that show. Uh, and you're definitely right about Ricky Gervais. It's funny to think like he had a time too because of the success of that show that he got to be like a movie star for a couple of movies. Yeah. Which is kind of like, that wouldn't happen now. No. And I think Derek, although I've watched very little of it, might have been the worst television show I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was rough. The only reason I even watched a little bit of it was because Carl Pilkington was like in it. And I was like, I got to see it, what they had him do in it. But it was just, I, I don't know. It was so strange because I loved a lot of his work for so long. And then I was just like, oh my God, what has happened? Yeah, it's more like, it's not even that the show is bad. It's, it's such poor judgment. Of yeah. The make. Yes, exactly. It's like a complete inability to understand what anyone else would think or like common wisdom would yeah. be about something like, I don't know. But you are a hundred percent right of, uh, at the end of the office. Isn't it that am I, I'm, so I haven't seen the episode in a really long time, but it's like Tim gives what's her face, like an art set, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a watercolor set with a note. Yeah, and then like he runs out of a car at some point to chase her, or maybe vice versa. No, she, well, he he gives it's like a gift exchange. Yeah, and he gives her a gift, which is like because she had drawn him uh, like a, a portrait of him, where he kind of figured out that like because she would draw a picture of him looking like flattering, like mm-hmm. oh maybe she actually does like me. So he get you know like that's like part of it. So then he gives her that picture back with an art set as the gift for the holiday party, but she hadn't opened it until they were on the way back to the airport. Ah, uh, okay. To leave, to go back to Florida. So that's... when she sees the gift, then she like turns around and goes back and surprises him. And that's like, that's how they end it. Basically. Where you, you as the viewers assume like, Oh, she's going back to Florida. This is how the show's going to end. It's going to be disappointing. But like, yeah. that's what, yeah. Good ending. Yeah. Um, all right. You got any honorable mentions? I did. I had a few. Mr. Show uh, is a great show. I don't know if there's one episode that would fit on the list, but I did like pre-taped call-in show, which is, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but basically David Cross plays a character who does a call-in show on tape delay. So he's constantly yelling at the audience about what topic they should call in about. And he's always off. (laughs) And it goes on for a really long time. It's great. Um, and then it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The Nightman episode is just a great like musical theater comedy. I love Lucy. Lucy does a TV commercial with the Vita Vita Benjamin. It's, Holy smokes! I love Lucy. That is a throwback. I just love that episode though. It's so great because her fake drunk on Vita Vita Benjamin or whatever it is. Uh, Everybody loves Raymond. Marie sculpture. And then there's a Family Ties episode where Tom Hanks plays the uh, drunk uncle of. Oh, perfect. Maybe that's why Tom Hanks will get canceled. Yes. That could tie in this year. I'm going to mention every episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great honorable mentions. My, uh, mine were, there was a Jack Black hosted SNL from 2005 Christmas, December 17th, I think is what is what I have here. That was hilarious. And tenacious D performed really good episode of SNL Mm. game of Thrones. I had to leave this off the list. But I think it's like a monumental episode, The Reigns of Castamere, uh, which, uh, well, my phone auto-corrected hilariously. Castamento. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like Rob Schneider's yeah. copy guy. <laughs> but this is uh, for folks that don't know, like the Red Wedding episode, and it was just like I love the episodes that are surprising. Like, oh, you just like killed off a bunch of main characters, and this was before in Game of Thrones where the I mean, they ended up killing off a lot of main characters after that, but then bringing them back to life, like too many of them back to life. Mm. So this was great. I also put on home movies, time to pay the price, but I couldn't have two episodes of that show on the list. And then the other one, which is not a show I actually loved that much, but this episode was like just really perfectly put together. It's from The Haunting of Hill House, uh, which is just a one season show. Uh, and it's the bent neck lady, which is episode five in the whole show. I, I won't go too far in describing it, but it, it, it describes like a family and their four or five kids. I forget how many, uh, but just the pain that this youngest daughter goes through and she dies at the end of the episode and her husband had died earlier and she's always haunted. I couldn't possibly describe it that well, but it's just like a really nicely put together episode. I feel like I might have watched that with Lisa, but I, and I, yeah, I got to look at that episode and see if I did. Cause it sounds yeah. familiar to me. It's a good one. All right. Folks at home. I like, there are so many episodes of TV. Obviously we couldn't have covered them all. If you have some episodes that you think we should check out that are your favorite episodes, go ahead and hit us up. Our email address is whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. We will read your episode on a future uh, we'll read your email on a future episode, uh, but we got to get your emails for this episode. So let's get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. Uh, all right, BPM, what do we got in the email inbox? I got an unsigned, really short email that just said, Dear Whiskey Sessions, what are your New Year's whiskey lucians? Ooh. And I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Is it like a resolution that's specific to whiskey or is it just like any resolution, but it's a cute pun? That's so. I don't know what my whiskey lucians would be. I feel like I would love to be more of a whiskey expert than I am, but I also kind of like not being a whiskey expert. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm in that like sweet spot of like, I'm an, I'm what you could say about us is we've had a lot more whiskey than probably a lot of people like different types. I don't necessarily know more about all of them than anyone else, but I've had them. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I, so I, I don't even know that I, I have too many whiskey, whiskey lucians for this upcoming year. Mine might be, I'm going to again, commit to try. I, I'm not going to commit to putting more on the, or giving the boot to more, but I would like to buy more whiskeys that I don't already know that I'm going to like, which is kind of why I tried this cast, cast strength one in this episode. I think one thing I would like to do is like know, know which whiskeys are my favorite. I have sort of a jumble toward the top now, where for me, I don't feel like I have a go to right now. Yeah. And I would like to figure out like, what's my go-to. Yeah. If you just, if you really just had one opportunity to have one whiskey on the rocks to enjoy, like what would you want it to be? Yeah. I don't know what it is right now. And I've, I figured that out with other things, but I still have yet to figure that out with whiskey. Okay. That would, that would count as a whiskey Lucian. Yeah. 
Uh, great email. Uh, again, folks, if you want to email us and have it read on a future episode, it's whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We will read that episode. Jeez, oh, do that twice. Uh, we'll read your email on a future episode. But that is it for this episode. First episode of 2023. It's going to be a great year. I know it. And be pimp, do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Uh, Jordan for president. It's going to happen. I know it. He would be probably kind of bad. Yeah. That would be terrible. But well. (laughs) Until next time, this is Amen saying peace out. And be pimp saying bye. bye.